Last week, you may recall, if you're listening, we spoke to Bernie Hoy. He was fascinating. He's the founder of and chief instructor of AGKK Self-Defence. And basically, we were talking with him about how you can defend yourself if you're found in the unfortunate situation of having to defend your family in your home if someone's trying to get in. Well, lo and behold, we didn't think it had sort of come into into need for some... It didn't think it had been needed by somebody so quickly as it was over the weekend. And we spoke earlier in the show about uh, a Brisbane dad by the name of Dave Smedley who uh, found himself confronted with that very situation on Saturday night. I'm, uh, he joins us on the line now to have a bit of a chat about it. Uh, Dave, uh, good morning. First of all, how's things going? Uh, g'day, mate. Yeah, it's going all right. Not too bad. Yesterday was a, a bit of a rough day, but um, yeah, all good. I'm tipping you've had a busy day today, doing a bit of media about what happened here. There has been a bit of media um, early this morning, and I'm, I'm at work, but um, it's just business as usual. But um, yeah, there's quite a there's generated quite a lot of interest out of this. But um, I'm just um, yeah yeah happy to happy to chat. Well, tell us a bit. Uh, take us back and tell us what happened, uh, and re-step us through it. What happened on Saturday night? Yeah, it was actually uh, early hours Sunday morning, probably around about four o'clock Sunday morning. Actually, so mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm asleep out in the lounge. We've, I've got a uh, six-month-old, uh, two-year-old, and a teenager, but the the little one is in with my partner. So hence why I'm on the lounge, actually, which worked out all right that yesterday morning. So. Obviously, I heard a, a pretty loud, loud rattle on the door. Um, where I'm sleeping, I can see the front door. So it actually woke me up at first. I thought I was actually dreaming, but I realised pretty quickly that I wasn't because I could see the outline of a person. So straight away, I knew exactly what was going on. Um, so instincts kicked in, so did the adrenaline. Um, my first obvious, obvious thought was to make sure that I had the family safe and to get them all into the one room, and my eldest daughter and partner was, was excellent with that as well. They We got into the one room, into the main room, and they were able to lock the door, but before that I was able to inform my partner to call the police. Um, and in that time, she remained on the phone during the whole time, which um, was good. The police had notified, asked her to stay on the phone, um, and she was actually able to get a good position um, and a good advantage point to see him out of the front window. Uh, eventually, when I got out there and was able to keep him there, she was also able to give them a good description of what he what he looked like through the window. Uh, they actually arrived under five minutes. Mm. So that's uh, good. So your first instinct, I guess a lot of people's first instinct would be to confront or go towards the maybe the intruder, but your first one was, all right, let's, get the, let's make sure they're safe, call the cops, and then you'll deal with from there. That's correct. Um, yeah, so making sure that they were okay in the room, on the phone with the police, so that um, got that situation um, up and running. And then my main focus was then to find the keys. Uh, this was in. This was still dark, and um, yeah, obviously there's a lot of thoughts going through your head. But um, I wanted to get the keys so I could get out and um, confront him, uh, which I was able to do. So I was able to unlock the front door and get out, and he started to proceed backwards. Uh, which I then made eye contact with him and let him know not to move, basically not to take any step forward, back, sideways, wherever he was planning on going. Um, once I had him in my sight, he 
he, um, I knew then that, yeah, he wasn't, wasn't going anywhere. So, so can you take um, a step back a second? So you opened the door, so the, there was no barrier between you opened the door and went out. Did, did, he, did he get startled and obviously know that he was, you were onto him? Yeah. Yeah, he was startled. Um, but in saying that, I'd, I'd obviously observed that his, his pupils were quite dilated. <laughs> he, in my opinion, he was obviously on something. Uh, right. It's very, very twitchy um, with his hand movements, his feet. I was obviously trying to watch his eyes, his hands, everything, making sure he wasn't armed. And my other concern, obviously, was that was there other other people around mm. that are sort of lurking in the shadows. So I had to get myself in a vantage point so that I could see him, keep an eye on him, and also uh, right, left, anywhere that I could see where they may may appear from. So uh, in a time like that, it's like I said, a lot of people have had opinion about this and and. Have, said what they would have done. Um, but as I said earlier in a, another interview, that it's not until you're in this situation um, that you realise it's, um, it's a difference to what you would, you know, what you say you can do and, and everything like that. Yeah. Well, we had an expert on last week, as I said, you might have heard in the introduction, and one of the, it was surprise, he's a martial arts expert to this Bernie Hoy, but one of the things he said to not be afraid to use and don't disregard it is to use a strong, firm or threatening voice. Speak in a, in a strong or threatening tone, and is that sounds like what you did? Look, I found um, under the circumstances, I found trying to remain calm actually in enduring it all uh, actually helped me think. Mm. So, uh, and I said, obviously, this would have been a different scenario and situation had he actually got himself into the house. Um, I certainly wouldn't have hesitated to use physical force on him and um, we would have had a totally different scenario had he been in mm. the house opposed to where he was and where I could keep an eye on him. Uh, obviously, he didn't make any movements towards me. Uh, I could tell his thoughts were obviously to try and to try and hightail it out of there, but he uh, obviously knew that uh, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't mucking around and that I was fairly within close proximity to him, but I found just remaining calm um, actually helped the situation. I was also asking him quite a lot of questions, one, two, five time for when the police arrived, just to keep him there. Mm. And obviously, two was to get a, get an idea of his body language and a, and, a, and a reading of that so that I could determine what the next step would be. But as it turned out, the process lasted around about five minutes. So, What did you chat about? I asked him what he was doing, who he was looking for, uh, where's he going, what's his, he, he told me that, He's waiting or he's looking for mates. Um, and so I was asking him what his name was, what his mates' names were, uh, to which he was getting twitchy and irritable. Um, so I could tell, obviously, that, yeah, you know, his idea was to break into the place. Yeah. I knew I knew the rest was all bullshit, but um, the fact that I kept kept him talking and kept asking questions, I think, um, actually helped. There were some reports that he was trying to get into the house with a knife. Did he have a weapon? He didn't have a weapon that I could see because I, I, I was looking at obviously his hands and, and his pockets. Uh, uh, he's wearing obviously a shirt, jeans, joggers, uh, and, a, and a little bloody uh, satchel bag thingy over him. So, which didn't look like it could hold much. But in saying that, you know, the pocket knife can be any size. Mm. So, uh, nothing that I could see in his hand or anything. But obviously, that was the main thing I was looking for was any any sort of weapon. But um, not that I could see. Mm.
and um, and you had nothing, so you were, you were just there on your, your Pat Malone, relying on your own physical physicality if you had to. Yeah, I'm I'm there in just a pair of shorts, four o'clock in the morning. So I mean, I, I literally that's all I had. So I, I, I work in landscaping, so I mean, I consider myself fairly reasonably fit. So I mean, um, if it had to come down to it, uh, whether it was going to be getting physical with him or having to chase him, then um, that, that's what was going to happen. Mm. So, and then what happened when uh, before just before police arrived, and how did that go down with uh, with them taking over for you? The police, as I said, yeah, arrived pretty swiftly. So they, they turned up, obviously, without the lights on, uh, just to catch him out by surprise. So they, the two officers turned up with the with their spotlights straight on as they pulled up, got out of the car in no time. He barely had time to look over his shoulder um, by the time they got there. So they were behind him. I was in, in front of him. So he literally had near, then and there that um, he had nowhere to go. So they approached him, told him that he was under arrest, uh, put the cuffs on him and took him back to over to the wagon, obviously for questioning. But um, they dealt with it pretty quickly. Yeah, well, did you ever think you'd be in that position? You probably heard about it on the news a lot of times oh. and read headlines. To be honest, um, I think part of the the process that was going on, I actually had prepared myself for a scenario because it's so rampant at mm. the moment. This youth crime all over the place. I'd actually realised that it's probably a matter of time before something like this was going to happen at our place or somewhere close by where I may find myself in this situation. So I'd actually given it some thought and and, and in some ways prepared myself for it. Um, but again, like I said, it's, you can't really prepare yourself for a situation like this until you're in it. Uh, it's totally different. What would you say to anybody that did find themselves in a similar position listening now? Uh, look... Every scenario obviously is different and, and, and people at the moment are probably living in fear, I'd say. There's a lot of people, there's there's single mums and single dads out there that obviously with, with little ones or elderly that can't defend themselves or would find it difficult to look after their children uh, as well as call the police and try and, 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 and fend off or if they have to, there's these intruders. Um, so every scenario is different, but look, it's obviously not always ideal to go out there and put yourself in harm's way, um, but obviously I'm very protective of my family, so I didn't want to see anything happen to them or the, or the property or any of my belongings that you work hard for. So, um, look, I don't. I'm not sitting here saying to, to go out and confront these these people because they can be armed. They, could, you know, it can turn violent. But I just say remain calm. Call the police straight away. Make sure before you. You know, you call it a night, but everywhere, every place, everywhere is locked up. Your windows, and and you know, we shouldn't have to live in fear. Um, but just be vigilant and talk to your neighbours, talk to people around, just to make sure everyone's got a bit of a community sense, a community watch going on, some sort of sense of that. Um, but just try and remain as calm as possible, really, and and um, go through the process. But make sure, if you can, contact the police straight away. As I said, they were excellent in my situation. Um, but, yeah, I would just say to remain calm, really. It's yeah, not yeah. Easy. What happens? How's, uh, how's your partner and, uh, and your kids in terms of how they're feeling about being at home there now? And, and will you change anything around the house now in terms of your security and, and, and what, the, what that looks like? Well, my partner's well. Uh, the little ones, obviously, two-year-old and six-month-old, they're not really uh, aware of the situation. They were happy to be up early and running amok. So <laughs> that's changed. They're up early as it is. But uh, my... The eldest 
the seventeen-year-old um, was quite shaken up by it, um, obviously. But she did really well in the situation, the way she handled things, and so did my partner to remain calm and and get on the phone quite quickly. So everyone's okay. Obviously, a little bit shaken up more so yesterday. Um, there's, there's a lot of obviously mixed feelings, but. I'd obviously gone out and installed security cameras yesterday. I understand that um, that's not a really protection measure. It's more so uh, would help, obviously, prosecute moving forward. And, and if I had to self-defence or defend myself, then it would be obviously on camera um, should it have, have to go that way. But obviously the security cameras are a measure for safety and and um, for the for the court system to when they have their, their day in court to see... As a as visual, you know, mm. as to what actually went down, it's it's part of that. But um, and a few different change the locks and padlocks and whatnot. So it was a busy day yesterday. But um, that's that's what I've done differently at the moment. But you just it, it's important to know that you, you know we shouldn't have to obviously live live in fear like this. But um, certainly would like to see some action being taken rather than um, yeah than just just talk about it. A lot of people just just talk at the moment, and, and we we want to see something done about it. Are you talking in terms of uh, like tougher sentencing and and, and a bit you know, some sort of restrictions to keep these kids off the street so they're not a threat to people like you? Well, there's a lot of different layers to it. To yeah, honest. I mean, you you got your repeat offenders, you got your opportunists, and you've got these young this young generation who don't seem to be well educated mm. or have any sort of purpose in life. Uh, they don't seem to have any direction or anyone to look up to or role models. So. I strongly believe that part of this would they would need some education or some sort of program in place to help them stay on track off the streets, give them some sort of incentive or opportunity for the less sort of fortunate or they might have had a, a difficult upbringing and, and what chance have they got? At the end of the day, they're teenagers, they're, their brain, they're still developing physically and mentally, so there's still an opportunity out there to change them. The one yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a very mature outlook to have, and I think that's the right approach. And uh, it sounds like you've you've handled the situation textbook as well. I don't know what the police said to you, but it sounds like you've given a textbook example of what to do and how to react if anyone finds yeah. themselves in this situation, if there's no weapons involved and they're not in your house. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I don't condone the, the violence. I don't condone... I don't... I'm not... Obviously, I'd love to see something be done about it, but, I mean, I think the, the, the education and the side of it needs to be looked at as well. I mean, given, given them um, harsher penalties, I understand for repeat offenders, I mean, some people just never learn and they mm. they need the, the harsher treatment or be treated or tried as an adult possibly uh, for, for something like this. But I mean, they, it starts with the, with the childhood and the, and, and, the, and the growing up and who they're around and who their role models are and everything like that. And they see this as an opportunity. They see it as being somebody and they can be it, can, they, it gives them a purpose i mean it, yeah. it makes the rounds on social media they they see it they see themselves they feel like they've achieved something maybe or they're actually somebody or they're lacking attention they they haven't gotten attention in their life but i, I don't know there's a lot to it but um you've missed your cause you should be in uh, social uh, development and helping these kids out rather than in the landscaping caper <laughs> well, maybe one day maybe maybe one day I, I i would like to do something like that but yeah yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's it's sad to, to see. I mean, a lot of people are angry. A lot of people want to see them locked up and throw the key away. But at the end of the day, what's that going to do? I mean, locking them up for longer. I mean, at the end of the day, these people need to be reformed and rehabilitated. It's, yeah. It's, 
Yeah, you're right. 100% right. Good on you, Dave. Blake, uh, well played and well played on the way you handled it and um, and having a chat to us as well today. And, uh, yeah, you've done, a, you've done a great job. Thanks very much for, for appreciating your, your time. No worries, Bill. I love Leah listening to 4BC, so I'm, I'm glad to finally get on here and have, have a chat. Good stuff. You're welcome back any time, Dave. Thanks very much, mate, and all the best, mate, for you and uh, and your loved ones as well. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you. One double three eight eighty two. What a great fella. What a great thing. What a great, cool, calm, and collected way to handle a very difficult situation. And what a mature approach and what a balanced approach to how you deal with the problem. Um, breath of fresh air, and uh, I'm I'm glad that it all worked out well for him in the end. And uh, the police have this young fellow, and uh, and he'll face his day in court.